a shorter message tonight. I have less than two pages of notes. And so we'll, we'll be done sometime tonight. Luke chapter number two, and uh, we'll read together, starting in verse number one. The Bible tells us here, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he is of the house and the lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And there shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now it says there was a multitude of heavenly hosts. We do not know how many that is. Can you imagine what a sight that would be as shepherds? You're out there tending to the sheep. And I don't know if there could be a more boring job than watching sheep sometimes. If an animal or you have something come in, that could get a little exciting pretty quick. But for the most part, you imagine having the job of watching sheep, and all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord comes, the sky gets bright, everything's bright, they get fearful, and they hear some wonderful news that the world had been waiting to hear for a very long time. Jesus was going to be born, and that he was going to be born in Bethlehem. It's amazing as you read through this passage of Scripture, and I remember as a kid, we all died, it was in several Christmas plays, our Christian school did them, and one year I got to be Joseph. I, I always wanted to be a wise man because I wanted to sing one of those verses on We Three Kings. I wanted to have that special part, but I never got it. I got to be Joseph. I was a shepherd some. I liked Eddie tonight. He was like he, was like he was a lamb part of the time. He was a donkey part of the time. He was a cow another part. He was just all the animals. And I got great pictures of his face doing it too. So I'm sure we'll be able to save that for when he becomes a teenager. He's going to love me for that one. <clears throat> but I was always thinking they should have done some sort of, uh, you know, we, you have America's Funniest Home Videos and things. But there should be, for church Christmas plays, there should be the America's Funniest Christmas Play video. Because like tonight, one of the funniest things, that door slammed and hit Eric on his way out. And he went like this on the way out. It's pretty funny to see that. And uh, I remember some things I did. I'm not going to talk about when I was a kid during my Christmas plays. But that would be great. Have a, have a long video of all the bloopers from Christmas Place. And so um, when we look at this passage of Scripture, we've all heard it over and over again. If you've been in church any length of time, always this time of year, you always focus in. I could, the 14 verses I read you a couple minutes ago, I could quote all 14 of those. I learned them at a young age and been studying them a very long time. There's so much truth that is packed into them, you just don't really, really realize it. You look and you see the fact that Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem. The Bible prophesied it probably 500 years before he was even born that that's where it was going to be. So you go back 500 years from today, 
and America wasn't even thought of yet. 500 years is a long time. And the Bible says that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem in Micah chapter 5, verse number 2. And then do you see how it all came to pass? It came to pass because there was a taxing that was made. And this taxing made it so that Joseph had to go to Bethlehem to pay his tax. You see how God knew how all these things would work out, and God prophesied it, and Jesus was going to come, and how blessed it is we see this. When we think about the majesty and the glory of the Christmas story, there's no, I really don't believe in the Bible, there's many stories that display with such clarity the power and the purpose of God and what he was going to do. And just to think about this, that God of heaven would step out of eternity and put on flesh is mind-boggling to me. To think that he would limit himself, which he did. To think that the Son of God cried. The Son of God got hungry. The Son of God got tired. I don't think God gets tired. But he put on flesh. He came for us. It's mind-boggling to me. I read through the story and see how God used people. How he used Mary, a clean virgin, for his glory. Took a young man, Joseph, and what do you think he thought when his, when his fiance came to him and said, I'm pregnant with a child? And they had never been together once. And she claimed the Holy Spirit of God did it. I wonder how you take that. Think about that one. To think how God used them. Think about how God came to those shepherds in the field there. Probably on Sunday we'll talk more about the shepherds in one of the messages on Sunday. God had these wise men come. We read all of this when we study all of it, I want you to see tonight some of the things that the angel had to say about Jesus. And I want to study tonight the threefold identity of Bethlehem's babe. We look, and it says in verse number 9, <clears throat> And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. They were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Verse number 11 is our text tonight. It says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. We see everything, the threefold identity of Christ, right here in this one verse. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. We'll take a little bit of time tonight and break down Savior, Christ, and Lord. All wrapped up in a manger that day. Father, we love you. We thank you for the time that we've had this evening. Bless the next few minutes that we have, and I pray that you be pleased and glorified with all that's said and done. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. <clears throat> we notice what the angel had to say about this babe. First of all, number one, he was called Savior. Savior, the word Savior, the title of acceptance. You think about this, this child, Jesus Christ, what was his mission? His mission wasn't to come to save the wealthy, was it? His, he wasn't coming to save the righteous. Why did he come? He came to set sinners free. That's what Luke 19, verse number 10 tells us. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why the Savior came. He came for those no one else wanted. Praise God that he came. As we talk about him and his threefold identity tonight, we start out tonight talking about him as our Savior. He's the one who saves us. He's the one who could pay the price on the cross that no one else could pay. And as Savior, Jesus provided three essential services to the sinner. Number one, we see underneath that, we see that we are accepted in Him. 
in Jesus Christ. Bible tells Ephesians 1, verse number 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. You see, before Christ and without Christ, we're not accepted. Our acceptance comes because of our Savior, and we're accepted. The only way we're accepted, it's in him. There is no other way. Not only are we accepted in him, but next we are delivered in him. What are we delivered from? Sin's penalty. The power of sin, the presence of sin. We're delivered from those things because of our Savior. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 1, verse 18 and 19, For as much as ye know that ye are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. And he delivered us. Praise God for his deliverance. We needed a savior. And let me just remind you of something as well. There are many people out there that believe Mary was something real special. And Mary was a special vessel used of God. And she was ready for the job and task that she needed, that the Lord needed. But I want you to also see something. Go back to Luke chapter 1. You got your Bibles there for a second. (coughs) Go back to chapter number one, and um, let's see, I had the verse, and now I lost it. Somewhere in there, in chapter number one. But verse 42, that will, let's see. Um, (laughs) It's always good to have all your verses in line when you get up here to preach. That's what they always teach you, and that's what it was supposed to be. And uh, I'm missing a verse somewhere through there. Awkward silence there for a second. Only be a second if you would just help me find this verse. We could get through the message tonight. And, um, okay, let's look at verse number 39. We'll start verse 39, read a few down. 42 is part of it, but I want to go a little bit past there. And Mary rose in those days and went to the hill country with haste into the city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salvation of The salutation of Mary, the babe, leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And that was John the Baptist that leaped. And blessed is she that believeth, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God, who? My Savior. You see that Mary needed a Savior too? She was giving birth to her Savior, but she needed a Savior as well. There's no special power that Mary holds in any way. She needed a Savior just like everyone else did. And just as we see his title of Savior, we see she called him Savior. You see, as as Savior, those services he provides to the sinner were accepted in him, were delivered in him, and then thirdly, were preserved in him. Those whom Jesus saved are saved forever, the Bible tells us. The Bible makes that very clear in 1 Peter 1, verse number 5. It says, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And you see, tonight, thank God, that the first time Jesus came, he did not come as a judge. He came as a savior. Because someday he's going to come again, and he's going to come as a judge. But praise God, he came the first time to be our savior. And as savior, 
That's the title of acceptance. Number two, we see in verse number 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. We saw Savior, second word is the word Christ. Christ. The title of access. <clears throat> this child came, this babe that came in a manger came more than to simply provide a simple salvation. He came to allow us into the very presence of of Almighty God. He's Christ. He's the anointed one. You see, no one else could bring us into the, into the king, into the king of kings' presence, except Jesus Christ. Through Jesus, you think about tonight, number one, because of Jesus being who he is and because of the access we have through him, because of that, we can approach the Father. Do you realize tonight the only way you can have access to God is through his Son? There is no other way. There's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. There is no other way to get to God but through his son, Jesus Christ. And because of what Jesus did and because he's our access through him, we can approach the Father. And you have a heavenly Father tonight. Praise God for that. Not only can we approach the Father, but we can appeal to the Father. John 16, 23 the Bible says, and in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye shall, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. And you can appeal to the Father. You can approach the Father because the access you've gained because of Jesus Christ. The name Christ, as I mentioned, means the anointed one. And in his ministry, he addresses the Father on our behalf. And he is our, what is he? He's our high priest. Remember in the Old Testament, you had Aaron, you had the high priest? Well, who is our high priest? Jesus Christ, he's the anointed one. And he not only makes it so we can approach the Father and appeal to the Father, but he also addresses the Father on our behalf. He intercedes for us. He talks to the Father on our behalf. Think about that one. <clears throat> Hebrews 7.25, the Bible tells us, Wherefore he is able to save them, to the uttermost, that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Aren't you glad that Jesus is making intercession for you in heaven? I am. There are times that I pray and I don't know what I need. I got the Holy Spirit of God that's helping, and Jesus is making intercession for me. And that's part of what he does as our high priest. He talks to the Father on our behalf, and then he pleads our case before the throne of God. The first John chapter 2, verse number 1 is all about. It says, My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. We all know that in our sin we are guilty. There is no way around it. We are guilty. And if you think that you're, you're not innocent, we're all guilty in God's eyes. But Jesus Christ, he's our advocate. Hey, Father, I paid their sin debt, they're clean. Not because of what we've done, but because of our high priest, because of the anointed Christ. Church, tonight, one of the things that we got to remember is the angel that day came to those shepherds and told them, for unto you is born this day in the city of David. You got to think about what we were given that day. We were given, first of all, a Savior. Someone who delivered us and saved us and made it so that we could be in heaven and gave us, made it so that we could be accepted of God. And we have Christ, the anointed one, the one who makes it so we can approach the Father and we have access to him and all that we get. And then we see, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, 
which is Christ the Lord. The Lord is the title of authority. The Lord. <clears throat> when the angel in this passage was referring to Jesus as Lord, he's referring to one who has absolute control. And you'll notice several times in the New Testament, he's called the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not one of those. There are people out there that believe you've got to make him Lord of your life to get saved. That's another works way to salvation. But as a believer, he should be Lord of our lives. That's his rightful place. Don't ever forget that. This title of Lord is a reminder to every Christian that Jesus Christ should have absolute authority in our lives. We are to allow him the headship in every area. That's what Romans 12, verse 1 and 2 is all about. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, <coughs> but be transformed <coughs> by the renewing of your mind that you may prove was that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, tonight, Christian, he's still Lord. Just as he was Lord that day, he's Lord today. Just as that babe is Lord, he's still Lord tonight. Is he Lord of your life? Oh, I let him run things sometimes. Should be Lord of our lives. Very important. We need to learn to obey him. We need to exalt him and put him in his proper place in our life. See, those shepherds that day, I don't know if they fully understood everything that was being said to them that night by the angel. But the angel was telling them what was wrapped up in that baby in Bethlehem. And he was not just some baby born 2,000 years ago. Let me just say something. I, there have been many babies born in this world over and over again since time has began. There's not one that means what Jesus Christ meant. Why? Because he's our Savior. Because he's Christ. And because he's Lord. That's what separates everything else. Many people out there say, hey, I believe just like you do, our religions are so close. I ask a simple question. Do you believe that Jesus is Lord? Do you believe that he's your Savior? Do you believe that he's the Son of God? Do you believe he's Christ? Oh, no, then there's no, there's no comparison. Because that's what Christianity is. We realize who Jesus Christ is. Tonight I know it's Christmas time. We need to remember the reason for the season. It's Jesus Christ. The babe that was born for you and for me. I had someone a couple years ago that was coming to our church. They don't come anymore. They got upset with me around Christmas time. Like, Pastor, we should not be celebrating a heathen, a heathen time of year, a pagan holiday. And if you trace some of the roots of Christmas, there are a lot of pagan parts to it. The winter solace, there's lots of things you could go into. There are a lot of pagan things you could look at in lots of different things all over the place. And the person told me we're not to celebrate his birth. The Bible doesn't tell us one time. No, but it just shows wise men coming to worship him. And shepherds coming to worship him. And the angels of heaven coming to worship him. And what if he did not come? So maybe you're out there tonight, you're one of those that looks at Christmas, and you're Scrooge about it, and you just don't care, and it's just not for you. I want you to understand something. I don't look at Jesus any different in December than I do January through November. But I do take some extra time this time of year and thank the Lord for his birth. If he did not come, we wouldn't have a Savior. If he did not come, we wouldn't have access to God. 
If he did not come, we would not have the Lord and all of his authority. See tonight, church, that infant that was born that day is no ordinary baby. As Savior, he's worthy of our worship. As Christ, he's worthy of our dependence. And as Lord, he's worthy of our obedience. And as Jesus, he's worthy of all we can give to him. Have you given him all that you could give him? I asked the teenagers tonight a question. I'm going to close with this question to you and we'll be done. And I'm going to get done close to 7.30. I told you the message was shorter tonight. (coughs) (coughs) My cough was gone and I was over this thing I felt. And then now it feels like it's coming back. Or it's just being around some of you sickos in the room. I don't know. The question is this. Jesus deserves our best. God gave us his best in giving us Jesus Christ. I just want you to go home with this thought and think about this over the next few days. Are you giving God your best? That's all I want you to think about. He deserves our best. Are you giving him your best? Are you giving him your best and making sure you read this book every day? Are you giving God your best or are you giving him, as uh, Joe Mark when he was here, giving God the leftovers or the garbage? God gave us his best. And we've got one life to live. One life. And it goes by pretty quick. And someday we will all stand before him and wish we had given him more, so much more. But let's give him our best today. He deserves it. He's worthy of it. Seeing him tonight as our Savior, he's Christ, and he's Lord. What a gift. Some 2,000 years ago, the greatest gift that ever could have been given, given to us in Jesus Christ. Father, thank you. (coughs)